Here is the church. Here is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. See all the people gathered in God's house. That's what we're doing today. That's our foundation theme this week, the gathering. The words of the famous Beatles song come together right now over me. Each week, that's what we do here at St. John's. We come together right now over me. Well, not over me. We come together right now over Christ. Jesus is the source of our gathering today. Jesus is the source of the whole church's gathering today. And, and we're part of that whole church. We're part of that whole gathering and it's quite a gathering. It's quite a church. Luther would refer to this church as the royal priesthood of all believers. That comes from 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 where we read, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare his praises, praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people... But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Well, there you have it. We are gathered as a royal priesthood. And that sounds pretty nice. And it is. But it wasn't always that way. Peter reminds us that once we were not a people. We were nothing due to sin. But then God made us his people with his word of grace. Once we were nothing, now we are something. Sound familiar? There was another time when nothing became something, like creation. God created his world out of nothing simply by speaking it into being. And God created his church, his gathering out of the nothingness of sin, simply by speaking to us his words of grace. We are his steeple people because of grace. We are gathered because of grace. And oh, what a relief it is. Oh, what a, a rest it is. That is what we call the Sabbath rest. Now, the Sabbath originally referred to that seventh day of the week in which the Jews were to rest and to worship. It was a day that pointed forward to the coming Messiah in whom we find ultimate rest and for whom we give our highest worship. And the Messiah has come. That's why Jesus said that he's Lord of the Sabbath and, and not the other way around. And we gather around the Messiah to find rest and to worship. What kind of rest are we talking about? Well, we certainly need to take time for physical rest. Otherwise, we become burnt out and bitter but I think our Lord is calling us to a more profound rest, like a rest for our weary souls. 
You know how exhausting it is to try to earn God's favor, to try to get into God's good graces? It's impossible, and it's exhausting. <clears throat> and it leaves us feeling worthless, or, or worse yet, angry. Guilt and anger drain our souls as well as our bodies. So if you're feeling spiritually tired and exhausted, boy, does Jesus have a gift for you today. Listen to him say to you, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That is the Sabbath rest. That is rest for the soul. Frantic efforts to be good enough by us simply dissolve away while Christ's effort to be good enough fills the void in our life. We gather around our Lord and, and our Lord's righteous efforts, which are more than sufficient to get us right with God. But his getting us right with God require that he become our wrong before God. The Apostle Paul puts it this way, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Rest in his righteousness. Gather around his righteousness in worship and, and do so with confidence and with full assurance. We heard the author from Hebrews say, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We gather here today confident that we are God's children and assured that our sins are forgiven by his sacrifice. What's not to like about that? Rest in that grace. Gather around that grace. Worship in that grace. That's what we're doing right now. How we do it, how we worship, is sometimes called adiaphora. That's a Latin word which refers to those things which are neither commanded nor forbidden by God. Oh, worship is commanded by God. How we worship not so much. Oh, there may be certain elements of worship which are appropriate for good order and for edification. Our Lutheran confessions maintain that church rites can be useful and appropriate for good order and for instruction, but should never be promoted as a means of earning God's grace. I preached last night at a traditional service, and I'm preaching this morning at a contemporary service. Two different services, but both salutary worship of our Lord. When it comes to worship, we might say, variety is the spice of life, but routine is its sustenance. Both traditional and contemporary worship 
have variety. Both traditional and contemporary worship have routine. So gather in either. And as we gather, what's going on? Well, there's a two-way interaction going on. God is reaching to us, and we are reaching to God. God reaches to us when we read and meditate upon his word. God reaches to us when we get baptized and when we receive the Lord's Supper. And we reach to God with our songs, with our prayer, with our gifts. And there's a lot of confession going on when we gather and worship. We certainly confess our sins to God and to each other. John reminds us in his first epistle, if we claim to be with sin, without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we also confess our faith when we gather and worship. Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. There is no shame in this gathering. And I encourage you not to leave with any shame. After all, as the author of Hebrews reminds us, since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw nearer to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We've been cleansed from guilt and a guilty conscience. That is Sabbath rest. That is grace. That is what we gather for, and that is what we encourage with. The purpose of our gathering is not just for ourselves. It, it serves as a source of encouragement for others. Encourage people that you know to join us as we gather in worship. Bring a friend. Right after our text, we read these words, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That day, that last day is approaching. And what better way to prepare for it than by gathering around God's word and sacraments? Here is the church. Here is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. We are God's steeple people. Rejoice this day that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy people, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that we might declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen.